Shalom. In the previous four podcasts, we discussed a number of very, very unique and perplexing aspects of what it means to be Am Yisrael. We looked at Am Yisrael's contemporary reality. We looked at our history, and we saw that there are many features that seem to defy all logic. Um, beginning with today's podcast, I'd like to take a different approach. Until now, we stood, as it were, in the here and now today, in the 21st century, and looked back. Looked back over everything that happened to us since the beginning of time until today. And we saw that essentially, it was impossible to understand. However, I'd like to propose that if we do it in the opposite order, if we go back to the Torah, and we start with Mamash the beginning, with Bereshit bara Elokim, and read the Torah with the questions that we raised in mind, I'd like to suggest that the Torah itself not only told us in advance that all the strange phenomena we noticed were going to happen, but also gave us a very clear understanding of why it had to be that way and what the purpose and meaning of it all is. And all it requires us to do is to read the Torah um, with a certain perspective in mind. And that's what we're going to be doing, Bezrat Hashem, today and over the coming over the coming few weeks. Uh, the majority of the time, I don't intend even to consult too many Meforshim, primarily just to look at the text of the Torah itself, and a little bit perhaps from some of the Nevi'im, just Pshuto Shal Mikra, just reading the text itself. But I'd like to begin today with a few Midrashic uh, comments to sort of give us perspective. And I'll begin actually with the first Rashi in the Torah. Rashi quotes someone named Rabbi Yitzchak. It's not clear what the source of this Rashi is, whether it's an earlier Midrash or whether it's uh, some other source we don't have. There are those who think perhaps Rashi might even be have, have been quoting his own father, uh, Rabbi Shlomo Yitzchaki. His father's name was, was Yitzchak. But in any case, Rashi, very well-known Rashi, begins with the following comment. Amar Rabbi Yitzchak, Lo hayat tzarich lahatchila tatorah, Ela mehachodesh hazelachem, Shehi mitzvah rishona shenitztavu Yisrael, Umatam patach bivreshit. Rashi, or Rabbi Yitzchak that Rashi quotes, begins with an assumption, an, an assumption that one could certainly, that one could certainly challenge. But Rashi seems to be working, and Rabbi Yitzchak seems to be working with the assumption that the purpose of the Torah is to teach us mitzvot. And the first mitzvah in the Torah is HaChodesh HaZelachem, which is found in Parshat Bo, uh, uh, somewhat into the book of Shemot. And therefore Rashi wants to know why the Torah didn't begin, why the Torah didn't begin from there. We have the entire book of Breshit and the beginning of Sefer Shemot, which tells us a lengthy narrative. And really the Torah should have begun from HaChodesh HaZelachem. It is true, by the way, that there are a few mitzvot that are found in the book of Breshit, but those are individual mitzvot that are sort of scattered about and could have easily been presented later. The real legal sections of the Torah, the first section that details a large parsha, that uh, gives us a list of mitzvot, is that parsha in Parsha Bo that begins with the mitzvah of HaChodesh HaZelachem. So again, Rabbi Yitzchak and Rashi, following him, have this assumption that the purpose of the Torah is to teach us mitzvot, and therefore Rashi wants to know why the Torah didn't begin from there, Umatam Patach Bivreshit. Why instead did the Torah begin with Bereshit Bara Elokim? And he answers the following, Mishum, and he quotes a pasuch in Tilim, God told his nation, 
the uh, of the strength of what he has done or the power of his actions in order that he could give them the inheritance of the nations. What does that mean? Rashi continues, "Sheim yomru umot haolam liYisrael listimachtem shekavashtem artzot shiva goyim heimomrim lahem kol haaret shel hakadosh baruchuhi hu braa v'natna laasher yashar beinav birtsono natna lahem uvirtsono natla lahem mehem v'natna lano." Unbelievably prophetic statement. Rashi says he says the day is going to come. When the nations of the world are going to say to us, Listimatem, you are robbers, you are thieves, or perhaps you are occupiers who take other people's land from them. After all, you took the land of Canaan from its seven nations that inhabited in it, and perhaps we can extend this also to more contemporary versions of the accusation, Listimatem, you've taken land that doesn't belong to you. Rashi says, for that reason the Torah began with Bereshit, so that if the nations will say this to us, we can say to them, no, it's not true. The entire world belongs to a Kadosh Baruch Hu. He created the world and he can decide what to do with it. So first he gave it to those nations, but then he took it from them and gave it to us. And for that reason, says Rashi, the Torah began with Bereshit Bara Elokim, and not with HaChodesh HaZelachem. Now, this really fascinating comment raises a number of fundamental questions. First of all, one could ask uh, the very simple question of how exactly this is meant to convince anyone. If someone comes along and tells us that we are listim, we are robbers, by having captured the land from the nations that inhabited it, it's sort of hard to imagine that if we produce our Torah, a text that we believe in and they don't, and tell them, but look, it says here in the Torah that God created the world and that he gave it to us. It's hard to imagine that uh, that this will convince anyone. And certainly here again, our contemporary experience, um, I think, I think would definitely uh, uh, illuminate that point. I don't think any of us who uh, would consider in, in the debates we may find ourselves engaged in with those who argue against the legitimacy of Israel, uh, to say that the, it's based on uh, on our Torah and our interpretation thereof. So, the whole premise upon which Rashi Rashi's comment is based, uh, perhaps could be could be questioned. But that, I think, if you read Rashi carefully, you'll you'll understand that um, that Rashi himself answered that question, because the pasuki quoted in Tilim, and I think this is an extremely important point. The pasuki quoted in Tilim was. Koach ma'asav higid le'amo latet lahem nachalat goyim. It speaks of teaching something to his nation, teaching something to us. In other words, it sounds from Rashi like the point here is not so much to provide us with an answer, with some sort of legal proof or, or some sort of argument that's meant to convince the rest of the world. No. The purpose is meant simply to convince ourselves. We may not succeed by quoting the Torah in convincing anyone else that we have the right to this land. But this is meant for ourselves. At the very least, we need to believe in the justice of our cause. We need to understand that we have a right to Eretz Yisrael, and it is for that reason, says Rashi, that the Torah began with Bereshit. So that's, I think, a very, very important and very, very powerful point. Uh, the second thing that comes out of Rashi 
is that it seems that the uh, the 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 right that we have to Eretz Yisrael is one of the key messages in the entire Torah. I mean, after all, there are many, many, many things that people could accuse us of, or many, many messages that we need to hear. And yet, according to Rashi, the entire introductory portion of the Torah was there, it was put there in order to give us a, an answer to this one particular issue. Again, an answer that may only be valuable for ourselves, but it seems that the the uh, connection between Am Yisrael and Eretz Yisrael must be a very central and fundamental point in the Torah, if, according to Rashi, that is the point in which the Torah began sort of prematurely, had it not been for that point, the Torah would have gone straight to a Chodesh HaZelachem. So that itself also, I think, is an important key to understanding what's going to follow. But having said all that, I want to raise a question about Rashi. Because Rashi's assumption was that the Torah could have and should have begun with HaChodesh HaZelachem. But there was a need to give us this introductory statement that HaKadosh Baruch Hu runs the world. Kol HaAretz Shel HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He, the entire world belongs to God. Hu Bra'a, He created it. V'natna L'Asher Yashar Beinav. He gave it to whoever he, he thought it would be fit to give it to. First he gave it to them, and then he took it from them and gave it to us. If that's the case, one could ask Rashi, Wait a second. The Torah, according to your Hava Amina, should have begun with Achodesh HaZelachem. But it did not. It began with Bereshit Bara Elokim, and you've given us an explanation why. We need to know that God created the world, and therefore that God can, owns the world and can do with, with it as He sees fit. If that's true, it would seem to suffice to proceed with just that one single Pasuk, the point that God created the world, that He runs the world, that He owns the world, that He's allowed to do whatever He wants with the world, that point will then have been made. And it would seem to be sufficient from there to move to Why do we need the entire rest of the book of Breshid and the beginning of the book of Shemot? Or perhaps you would feel the need to elaborate a little bit more. I'll give you the entire first parak of Breshit that details the, the entire description of the Sheshit Yimei Breshit. But certainly everything that comes afterwards, the entire rest of the stories, all the way from Adam Rishon, all the way down through the Avot, Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, etc., all the way through the stories that took place in Mitzrayim, that doesn't seem to be necessary to make the point that Kol Ha'aret Shel HaKadosh Baruch Hu So if the Torah should have begun from HaChodesh HaZelachem, why not suffice with a, a brief Comment either one sentence or at most a chapter or two at the beginning that tells us that God created the world and then continue with Achodesh HaZelach. It seems that the answer to this question is that apparently what Rashi is telling us is not only that the Torah wanted to make the point that we are entitled to Eretz Yisrael because God created the world and therefore has the right to give it to us, but the Torah also wanted us to understand the process by which we came to have a right to Eretz Yisrael. What are the stories in Sefer Bereshit about after all? We're going to read about Avraham and, and Hashem's promise to Avraham and his promise to the other Avot, to Yitzchak and to Yaakov and eventually in the Brit Ben Abitarim. We'll talk, of, of course, about all these things in, in future weeks. And ultimately, we're going to be talking about how the descendants of Yaakov, B'nai Yisrael, uh, went down to Mitzrayim and were enslaved in Mitzrayim and ultimately came out of Mitzrayim. All of that can be viewed as an elaboration 
on the fundamental point that Kol Haaret Shela Kadosh Baruch He, that He has the right to do what He wants with Eretz Yisrael. Birtsono not Lahem, first He gave it to the seven nations. Uvirtsono not Lahem not Na Mehem not Mehem It seems that that's what Rashi is trying to say. That the Torah is interested in telling us not only the fact that we have a right to Eretz Yisrael, but how and why. Even then, though, it might seem strange to us that the Torah didn't begin after a brief description of creation with Lech Lecha. The entire Parshat Bereshit and Parshat Noach, which don't discuss anything unique to Am Yisrael, but rather discuss universal world history, the story of Adam and his children, Cain and Hevel, and their descendants, and later on the story of the Mabul and the descendants of Noach, all of that at first glance might seem to be irrelevant to, to the point that the Torah is making. And therefore, we might have expected that the Torah begin with the first sentence or perhaps the first parak or two and then skip to Lech Lecha, which is parak Yudbet of Breshit. But the Torah does not do that. The Torah tells us also everything that is found in Parsha Breshit and Parsha Noach. And therefore, I think we must conclude that those stories as well, the universal human stories that fill the narrative of the beginning of the Torah, those are also integral to the connection between Am Yisrael and Eretz Yisrael. And with that, my friends, I think we have a key to how to begin to how to begin uh, to read the book of Breshit. Now, the Torah begins by telling us, Breshit, Barai Elokim et HaShamayim ve'et Ha'aretz. There's some dispute about how to read the word Breshit exactly, but I'll, I'll use the, the common translation of in the beginning. In the beginning... God created Shamayim Ba'aretz. Of course, that's not really the beginning. Because prior to creating the world, there must have been a tochnit, there must have been a plan, there must have been a reason for which Hashem created the world. But the Torah, at least on the level of Pshat, does not address that question at all. Some of the commentaries, including Rashi, who quotes a number of Midrashim, uh, and later on many philosophers have questioned and, 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 and philosophized, why exactly? Did the omnipotent and omniscient and perfect, all-powerful God decide to create the universe? And there is no clear answer. Many people have philosophized about us, but the text of the Torah itself does not address that issue. It simply begins with a fact. And this leads us to question why it is, why it is perhaps, that Hashem created the world. I, for one, don't pretend to have an answer to that question. As I said, many far greater than all of us have wrestled with this issue, and there is no clear, I, I don't see a clear uh, answer in the Torah. But I think perhaps we can gain some insight into this question if we differentiate, if we split the question into two, into two parts. If we differentiate between what we might call the purpose, the ultimate purpose of creation, and the goal. What I mean by that is that as far as the purpose is concerned, why it is that God decided to create the world, the Torah, to my knowledge, doesn't give any information and leaves that at one great mystery. But the goal, what the world is supposed to accomplish, there I think the Torah says something very, very clear. It tells us what the goal of the world is. It doesn't tell us why this goal is necessarily worthwhile, but it tells us what the goal is. Uh, if I could give a mashal, an analogy, to explain the distinction I'm talking about. Let's imagine that I'm a soldier, and uh, we're, we're about to go into battle. And my commanding officer gives me an order, 
and he says to me, Haber, your job is to go up on a certain hill and um, and protect uh, this you know, this area. And I don't fully understand what this has to do with the battle plan. As far as I understand, the battle is supposed to take place some someplace else. It doesn't make sense to me what purpose there is in fulfilling the mission that my commander gave me. But if I trust my commanding officer, and if I believe that he has a battle plan, and that just that I don't have all the information, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that there is no reason for it. That I know what I have to do. I was given a mission, and I have to carry out my mission. And I know that if I accomplish that goal, if I do what, if I successfully fulfill the mission that I was given, then I'm I'm ultimately helping to accomplish the total purpose of this war, even if I don't understand even if I don't understand how that's supposed to work. And I think that's the type of situation we're in when it comes to the Torah. The Torah gave us the goal. When I say us here, by the way, I'm not speaking only about us, Am Yisrael. I'm speaking about the world, because we're at the point in the Torah still where there is no Am Yisrael. The beginnings of the thought of Am Yisrael only begins in Perak Yudbet of Breshit. And we're starting here at the very beginning. So here we're not talking yet about Am Yisrael. We're talking about the world. The Torah tells us what the goal of the world is without necessarily telling us the ultimate purpose. So let's see what I mean. If we look at the beginning of Sefer Breshit, it's fairly well known that the story of the creation of the world seems to be told twice. In Perik Aleph of Sefer Breshit, uh, including the first three psukim of Perik Bet, and then the story seems to be told a second time in Perik Bet. There's been many, many, many commentators who've discussed this from many different angles. And I don't wish to, including those who suggest that it is not, in fact, two separate stories at all. But I do not intend to address that question now. For our purposes, I'd like to look at the what appears to be the second version of the of the telling of the story, Perak Bed of Breshit, because I think that that angle on the story of creation will um, will help us understand the point that we're trying to understand right now, which is what is the goal? What is the goal of creation? So I read from Perek Bet Pasuk Dalad of Breshit. And the Torah tells me, Eile toldot ha-shamayim v'ha-aretz b'hibaram, b'yom ha-sot Adonai Elohim eretz v'shamayim. V'chol siyech ha-sadeh terem yev ha-aretz, v'chol esev ha-sadeh terem yitzmach, ki lo himtir Adonai Elohim ala ha-aretz, v'adam ha-ayin l'avod et ha-adama. Interesting. The way the world is... The way the creation of the world is described here, again, very different than the way it's described in Perak Aleph, and I'm not dealing right now with the potential or apparent contradictions. It tells us that at the beginning, the world was empty. There were no plants and all. Nothing was growing. Nothing was growing. The world was like a desolate, barren desert, if you will. And why did nothing grow? Because it had not yet rained. And until rain falls, nothing can grow. And why? Why had it not rained? Because there was not yet any man, any person, to work the land. And I see here a very clear statement. By the way, I'm not necessarily convinced that these psukim have anything to do with the actual physical process of creation of the world or what's called natural history. I don't I don't necessarily think that Sefer Bereshit is telling us that, and certainly not this Pasuk necessarily. This Pasuk is making <coughs> a theological, or if you want a programmatic statement, a conceptual statement of how we're supposed to view the creation of the world. And it tells us that in the beginning there were no plants, and there were no plants because there was no rain, and there was no rain because there was no person. In other words, until there's a person in this world, 
There's no reason for anything to exist. And what I see in this Pasuk is a very clear programmatic statement where the Torah tells us explicitly, in very clear terms, that the purpose of the world's creation was for man. Without there being man, without there being human beings, there was no purpose for a world. And then the Torah continues the story. Pasuk Vav. Ve'ed ya'alem min ha'aretz et kol And then some sort of a mist arose from the ground and watered the land so that the plants would grow, therefore apparently meaning that it's about time that man will be created because until there was man, there was no point for anything to grow. Now the land is irrigated. Now the plants begin to grow. And in fact, in the next pasuk, Vayitzer Adonai Elohim et ha'adam afar min ha'adama Vayipach bi'apav nishmat chayim Man was created in this unique fusion of afar min adama, his his body coming from the earth itself, and nishmat chayim, a nishama, some sort of spiritual essence that was breathed into him by God Himself. Man is some sort of a fusion uh, of the earthly and the material, and the spiritual and the godly. And the next pasuk tells us, after telling us that. Now there's a world, now there are plants, now there is man. Vayita Adonai Elohim gan be'eden mikedem, vayasem shamet adam asher yatsar. God planted a garden in a place called Eden mikedem. Doesn't tell us where this place is. And he placed man in the garden. Vayatzmach Adonai Elohim min ha'adama, kol eitz nechmad l'mare, v'tov l'ma'achal, the Torah then tells us about trees that were planted in the garden, all sorts of trees that are nechmad l'mar'eh, they're aesthetically beautiful, and also tov l'ma'achal, trees that can, that can feed people, and two special trees, eitz ha'chayim hagan, and eitz ha'da'at tov the tree of life and the tree of knowledge, whatever those things actually mean. And I'll skip now a few psukim that discuss the four rivers and come now to what I consider the, the key pasuk in this parak, pasuk tadvav, the Torah tells us, after telling us that man was created and after telling us that this garden was created that's filled with beautiful trees that are good to eat and also these two special trees and four rivers that flow from the garden, the Torah says in pasuk tadvav, vayikach Adonai Elohim et ha'adam vayanichehu vegan eiden Man was taken and placed in the garden, and we're told very clearly why he was put there. To work it and to guard it. Now, of course, one could perhaps uh, understand this pasuk to mean that man was created for the sole purpose of serving the garden, some sort of divinely created gardener or watchman or something like that. But that seems difficult for a number of reasons, uh, most importantly because we already saw that it's not that man was created to serve the world, but the world was created to serve man. Furthermore, and this is a point that I, one of my students pointed out to me many years ago, and then I later discovered that the Sfarno notices this as well, which we translated as to serve it and to guard it, those two verbs in the Hebrew are in the feminine. And the gan, the word garden, is in the masculine. So if the Torah meant to tell us that man's role is to work and protect the garden, then it should have said, 
if we want to see what the actual object of those verbs is, we need to look for a feminine noun that was listed earlier in the Torah. And we had one just a few psukim earlier. Vayitzer Hashem Elokim et Hadam Afar Min Hadama Vayipach Biapav Nishmat Chaim. And says this forno, and this is what my students suggested, the la'avdal shamra, what man is meant to work and to develop and to protect is his own neshama. The Garden of Eden was the, the, the forum, the arena in which man was to do this. But man was created with a purpose, la'avdal shamra, to perfect himself, to develop himself. And how is, again, that's the goal. We don't know what the ultimate purpose of it is. We don't know what that's meant to accomplish. But that was what man's job is. Man was told, I put you in Gan Eden le'avda u'leshamra. How is man to do that? Again, the Torah doesn't say. But it tells us that man was given one very clear instruction. The very next pasuk, pasuk tetzayin, Vayitzav Adonai Elohim al ha'adam le'mor, Mikol eitz hagan achol tochel, here we're told a number of very important points. First of all, Even before we, we learn what the actual command was, the fact that there is a command itself is highly significant. Man was created and immediately commanded. He was placed in Gan Eden to develop himself. And he was given a command. And it seems to me that the command, uh, that the Torah is telling us that serving the command, that is the primary means by which man will, will accomplish what he needs to accomplish. And the command. So perhaps we can say already that man was created in order to fulfill God's mitzvot. I want to say again, I'm ne- I didn't say Jews. I didn't say B'nai Israel were created. This whole series of podcasts is about Am levadad yishkon. It's about Bnei Israel. That's what we spent the last four uh, episodes talking about, and we'll be speaking about ourselves as Am Yisrael quite a lot over the course of the next few weeks. But this, at this point in time, at this point in time, we're not talking about Am Yisrael. There is no such thing as Am Yisrael yet. We're talking about humanity as a whole, humanity, mankind, and the entire universe. Therefore, was created for the sake of serving God following God's commandments, and thereby serving himself and developing himself, to his own neshama. And how? How is he meant to do that? He's given a commandment, at least one, perhaps there were other commandments as well, we'll talk about that next week, but one commandment is spelled out in the Torah. There's a tree, and he's not allowed to eat from the tree. What's the purpose of that? Unclear. The Torah doesn't say why. It simply tells us, Ki biyom mot tamut. Certainly, if for whatever reason God wanted man to be kept away from the tree, he could have made it entirely impossible to eat from the tree. Obviously, he wanted man to have the opportunity, the possibility, the physical ability to eat from the tree, and yet to follow God's command out of bichirach of shit, out of free choice. And he's told, If you follow if you do, if you violate the command, if you eat from the tree that I've commanded you not to, you shall bring death upon yourself. You will be ultimately destroyed. You'll forfeit your right to exist. The implication, of course, being that if you if you eat from the tree, you will die. You will not live. Implying that if you do not eat from the tree, 
if you follow the command and do not violate it, that you will not die, but rather live. So I think from this pasuk it's very clear that again, the ultimate purpose of creation we don't understand. But the goal, man was created to develop himself. Gan Eden is the forum on this earth that was created within within which man was able to operate. The entire world was created in order to give man the ability to accomplish this mission. And he does it by following God's commands. If God follows, if man, I'm sorry, follows the command, if he listens to and does what he's told with Vayetzav Hashem Elokim Adam, then he justifies the purpose of his existence. He fulfills his goal, and in some way he ultimately leads to the fulfillment of the divine purpose of creation, whatever that may be. If he does not do that, if he chooses to violate God's command, he brings death and destruction upon himself and perhaps upon the entire world, since after world the, since after all the world was created only for the sake of man and his mission. In next week's episode, Bezrat Hashem, we will continue to develop this line of reasoning. We will see what happened and how the Torah describes the narrative of man's failure to follow that command and the series of uh, opportunities that was given to man in order to correct his ways. And either next week or the following week, we'll see what this has to do with Am Yisrael and how this forms the beginnings of the understanding of what Am Levadad Yishkon is all about. So until next week, I bid you Shalom.